This podcast brought to you by Gowan Canada, makers of Edge Microactive Pre-Emergent Herbicide. The heartbeat of Saskatchewan is agriculture, and 620 CKRM is proud to be your voice for everything A. Welcome to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with your host, Ryan Young. Good afternoon. Welcome to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today, and it's brought to you by the Arcola Co-op. You're at home here on Highway 13 in Arcola. And brought to you by Mendeco. Talk to your Mendeco dealer or visit Mendeco.com to learn more about Mendeco land rollers and tillage equipment. Here's what we got going on for today. An innovative piece of technology for the cattle industry is being tested today at a farm south of Peebles. The Senate is looking at the Canadian Food Inspection Agency regulations related to traceability at fairs and exhibitions. And Canada's farm show is a little over a week away. The farm weather is in its usual spot at the bottom of the hour. This is Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with 620 CKRM Agri-News Director Ryan Young. Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by Johnston's Grain, your first and last stop for grain pricing and crop protection. And Municipal Hail Insurance, crop insurance at cost. See municipalhail.ca. A piece of technology designed to help detect when cattle are in heat is being tested today. The Saskatchewan Stock Growers Association is hosting SenseHub Cow-Calf Field Day at DNN Ranch, just south of Peebles, from now until 3 p.m. Dr. Samuel Wars, the Associate Director of Cattle Veterinary Services with Merck Animal Health, the company that owns the technology, and explained how the tag, called SenseHub Cow-Calf, works. So SenseHub Cow-Calf has uh, ear tags that monitor cattle movement and behavior that allow for 24-hour heat detection on pasture and gives customized breeding windows to that individual cow. That data is transformed into an alert that's sent to a producer's phone and notifies them the best time to breed that cow. And then the tags themselves will actually light up for easier identification of that animal on pasture. Dr. War says the tag is usually put on the ear two weeks before they are due to be bred. He says the goal is to make the beef industry run more efficient and get better results. So the hopes is um, by demonstrating this this technology um, that we can achieve both and to minimize um, the amount of time-consuming labor that it takes to do conventional heat detection. So this tag is going to be monitoring 24-7 and uh, just make on-farm labor a lot more efficient. And really, it's going to be happening at DNN Livestock, which is a family-owned cow-calf operation out by Peebles, Saskatchewan. And they're going to be demoing this technology because they want to improve uh, just those things, conception rate, as well as just their on-farm efficiency. And uh, this initiative was actually through the Agricultural Demonstration of Practices and Technology, or ADOPT, program which is a government-funded initiative, uh, which is evaluating and demonstrating new agricultural practices and technology at the local level. So it's really trying to take what you said, the, the issues that the industry is facing, and just showing how we can provide solutions in a practical way. War says this product has been out for a short time. It's been out there for a, a small period of time, um, but it's overall a, a still a fairly new technology to the industry for especially for the beef industry you you definitely see it a lot more on the dairy side and uh, oftentimes um, just with challenges of layout 
of uh, topography in the beef industry as well as internet connectivity. Um, the, the beef industry sometimes gets the short end of the stick in terms of getting some of these technologies. So we're really excited to, to make it so it's going to be nice and easy and convenient for, for everybody to start accessing this type of stuff. He adds this technology was developed previously by another company. So with any sort of technology, there's always, you know, the first versions of it. Um, this was uh, technology that was developed by uh, another company before Merck Animal Health actually acquired it. So it's something that's, you know, people are always chasing to, to improve and, and develop. So I don't think we're ever going to get to a point where it just stops evolving. Um, but yes, it's, it's been years, years in the making uh, to get it to where it is now. And it's going to be years in the making to continue where it's going to be. So it's, uh, yeah, a lot, lot of stuff behind it. He explained the long-term goal of this new type of tag. The long-term goal of this technology would be to take producers to the next level um, in terms of understanding and being able to monitor and manage their their operations more efficiently, more profitably, and um, hopefully uh, just make that that whole labor efficiency a, a lot um, better in, in different situations, and just help the industry move forward. And, and use the data that we're, we're collecting in a more usable, um, effective way on, on farm. Dr. Samuel War is the Associate Director of Cattle Veter- Veterinary Services with Merck Animal Health. The company is testing out a device called SenseHub Cow-Calf as part of the SenseHub Cow-Calf Field Day just south of Peebles, hosted by the Saskatchewan Stock, Stock Growers Association. Back to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with Ryan Young on 620 CKRM. This segment of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by Prairie 6-Inch. For Prairie 6-Inch Eaves Trough, size matters. So see Prairie 6-Inch Eaves Trough, your farm shop specialist. PrairieEavesTrough.ca There was another three-hour session, Senate session rather, in Ottawa Thursday, but there was no discussion about Bill C-234. It's been stuck at second reading in the upper chamber for two for weeks now. Senators like Saskatchewan, Saskatchewan's Pamela Wallens urged her colleagues to get the bill over the finish line before the summer break. There was some discussion in the Senate, though, about proposals being made by the CFIA when it comes to fairs and exhibitions. The federal agency wants better traceability at those shows, but it wants to put the onus on the mostly volunteer clubs that host those shows. Many say they're simply not equipped to handle that responsibility and may have to cancel the shows instead. Senator Robert Black made this comment. These vital events, however, are under threat. Again, newly proposed regulations with regard to livestock traceability requirements expand far beyond a reasonable level and will inevitably challenge farmers and ranchers and the volunteers who work hard to participate in and host fairs and exhibitions across this country. The proposed policy change from the Canadian Food Inspection Agency requires farmers to ensure a valid premise identification number, as well as to register livestock accordingly. However, the problem is that agriculture societies and the fairs they organize 
uh, would be burdened with the responsibility of collecting, tagging, and reporting animal movements in, uh, movement information during their fair dates. It would require each agricultural society to train volunteers on the process, which would include checking the identification and ear tag on each individual animal coming to the fair, and then inputting the data from each farm animal at the fair or event into a responsible administrator's online database. This is not only an expense that fairs cannot bear, but it's not feasible for the shrinking number of volunteers all organizations are facing these days. Further, the proposed regulations will apply to any event that involves the listed animals that are held in an agricultural society fairground, not just the fair. If an ag society rents or loans their premises to a 4-H show, a calf rally, a livestock show, the ag society is responsible for collecting and reporting the animal movements. Losing the opportunities and facilities to host 4-H livestock programs and achievement days could have a significant negative effect on the 4-H program and the youth who participate in 4-H programs across Canada. That's Senator Robert Black. The comment period the CFIA set up to discuss these measures will soon be ending. You're listening to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with 620 CKRM Agri-News Director Ryan Young. Now today's Ag Review with the Doug Falconer of GX94, brought to you by Karst Holdings in Assiniboia and Schlamps Integra Tire in Grenfell, your locally owned Integra Tire dealers. Very few major changes were made in the latest edition of the World Agriculture Supply and Demand Estimates published Friday by the U.S. Department of Agriculture. For the 2023-24 crop year, the USDA pegged total domestic wheat production at 1.665 billion bushels, slightly higher than the 1.659 billion in the department's May estimates. The report held 2023-24 U.S. corn production at May's 15.265 billion bushels, domestic use at 12.385 billion, and exports at 2.1 billion. For soybeans, the June WASDE maintained production from May at 4.5 billion bushels, with total use also remaining at 4.41 billion, and exports at 1.975 billion. Among the world's wheat producers in 2023-24, the department kept Canada at 37 million metric tons. In USDA's monthly oilseed report, it pegged global canola rapeseed production for 2023-24 at 87.2 million metric tons, of which 20.3 million is to be grown in Canada. Canada has extended Ukraine's tariff-free access for most goods, but tightened access for eggs, poultry and dairy, sectors protected under the Canadian Supply Management System. Finance Minister Christia Freeland said tariff relief for Ukrainian goods such as steel, a temporary measure started a year ago, would continue for another year to help support Kyiv as it defends itself against Russia. That measure applied to goods not already covered by the country's free trade agreement. The additional trade access was due to expire on Friday and the government's decision on whether to extend it further was a test of Canada's staunch backing of Ukraine. Canadian poultry and egg farmers and processors had complained that Ukraine's access made it harder to control imports and also raised concerns about the safety of Ukrainian food due to infrastructure damage. 
China is expected to feed a lot more of its domestic wheat crop to hogs and poultry this year after heavy rains reduced the quality of the harvest in the biggest growing region, boosting prospects for imports. The amount of wheat consumed in animal feed is likely to increase by 10 million metric tons to about 35 million tons in the year starting in July, with a large volume consisting of sprouted grain. According to the latest forecast from Shanghai JC Intelligence, a China-based commodity consultancy, the loss of high-quality wheat could increase demand for imports, with JC Intelligence raising its estimate by 1 million metric tons to just over 9 million tons in the coming year. Chinese buyers booked some Canadian wheat last week and are actively making inquiries for more grain, according to some traders. Shares in Saputo fell about 11% as the company's chief executive cautioned negative consumer sentiment could dampen the outlook for the start of its 2024 fiscal year. Speaking to analysts Friday about the Montreal-based dairy company's fourth quarter results, President and CEO Lino Saputo says he feels confident about delivering on the company's promises in the year ahead, but that it could face rough waters early on. Saputo says despite major dairy-producing countries not seeing an overcapacity of volume, consumer sentiment has turned somewhat negative to start the fiscal year. He also noted China's opening has occurred slower than expected, which has impacted commodity prices. RBC Dominion Securities analyst Irene Natel says despite encouraging signs in the results, the deterioration seen to date in the company's 2024 first quarter leaves a question mark on its recovery. The Alberta government's caucus lead on emergency medical services reform has been promoted to handle the agriculture file in a post-election cabinet shuffle. R.J. Sigurdsson, MLA for the constituency of Highwood, just south of Calgary, was sworn in Friday as Alberta's new Minister of Agriculture and Irrigation, replacing Nate Horner. Sigurdsson first came to the legislature in the 2019 election and was named last October as Premier Danielle Smith's parliamentary secretary for EMS reform. Before entering provincial politics, Sigurdsson was a senior project and general manager with and shareholder in Avalanche Air Systems, a Calgary-area commercial HVAC and sheet metal contracting firm. Sigurdsson's experience in the ag file includes growing up on a small family farm north of Cochrane and working on neighboring farms in his teens. And that's today's Ag Review. I'm Doug Falconer. It's your agri-weather forecast on the voice of Saskatchewan, 620 CKRM. The official 620 CKRM farm weather is brought to you by Shepherd Realty in Regina, specializing in farm and ranch real estate in Saskatchewan. Call Harry, Justin, or Devin at 352-1866. And Moose Jaw Truck Shop, the number one choice for any diesel engine repair. Drop in, no appointment necessary. Or visit moosejawtruckshop.com. Today, sunshine, also some haze and a high of 29 degrees. Tonight, clear and some local smoke hanging around, a low 12 degrees. Tomorrow, sunny, also some local smoke, high of 31, a low 15. Wednesday, sunshine, high of 30 degrees. Wednesday night, cloudy with a 60% chance of showers, the low 10. Thursday, sunshine, high of 21, the low 9. 
Friday, sunny, high of 23, the low 12 degrees. Saturday, partly cloudy, high of 26, the low 13. And Sunday, partly cloudy again, a high of 25 degrees. Normal highs are 23, while the normal lows are at 9. The sun rose at 447 this morning, and the sun will set at 910 tonight. Taking a look around the province, in Estevan, it's 25. Saskatoon and Yorkton, 27. Swift Current, 24. And Weyburn, 26 degrees. The hot spot in Saskatchewan is in Last Mountain at 28. The cool spot is in Collins Bay at 9. In Regina, a partly cloudy sky winds out of the west at 8 kilometers an hour. Humidity at 36%. Temperature at 26. That's 78 Fahrenheit. Barometric pressure at 101.6 and falling. Meanwhile, in Moose Jaw, mostly cloudy. Winds are calm with a temperature of 27 degrees. Once again in Regina, partly cloudy. West wind at 8 and the temperature 26 degrees. Back in a moment. You're tuned to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today on The Voice of Saskatchewan, 620 CKRM. This portion of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by McDougal Auctioneers, where you're guaranteed the best buying and selling experience. McDougalAuction.com The Canadian Angus Association held its annual convention in Saskatoon last week, with the final event being the Building the Legacy Sale on Saturday evening. The sale is organized by the Canadian Angus Foundation. Chad Lorenz from Innisfail, Alberta, is a director uh, on the Angus Foundation. The foundation works closely with the Canadian Angus Association, but basically we're the charitable non-for-profit arm of the association that uh, takes care of, uh, you know, our youth and junior development, some of our research initiatives, and basically preserving the archives and the history of the Angus Association. So we kind of do the non-business stuff. The Building the Legacy sale is the Angus Foundation's biggest fundraiser of the year, with bidding taking place in Saskatoon as well as across the country through DLMS. We sold picks of heifer calves from a couple of breeders close to, actually close to Saskatoon here. One was uh, the Flurry Cattle Company and the other one was uh, the Wheeler family of Wheeler Stock Farm. And so they both donated a uh, pick their calendar year born heifer calves. We had some pregnant recipients. We had a flush on a donor cow and then embryos and semen uh, donated from our breeders as well as art and all sorts of other stuff. Uh, and the sale did gross an impressive $129,000 unofficially, so that's a fairly big fundraiser for us, our biggest throughout the year. Back on Friday, members of the Canadian Angus Association toured the Livestock and Forge Centre of Excellence near Clavette, southeast of Saskatoon. Lorenz was impressed by the research being done on greenhouse gas emissions. You know, they're measuring methane on cattle and they're comparing it uh, using different trials. I mean, they're even doing a bit of a seaweed trial to try and reduce those uh, emissions from our cattle. We've got all sorts of, of different ways from assembled little units that only cost a matter of dollars that they can put on cattle to test this to machines that cost hundreds of thousands of dollars that they can measure this. And so they're experimenting in different ways. And uh, that's who we need as an industry is, you know, educational institutions like that that'll step up and take that next step and try and be ahead of the curve so that we're not always in defense mode. Chad Lorenz has a ranching operation west of Innisfail, Alberta. He is one of those attending the Canadian Angus Association annual convention that wrapped up Saturday evening in Saskatoon.
Speaking of shows, the countdown is on for Canada's Farm Show. Lots is going on over the course of the three days. First day, June 20th, is Collaboration Day, presented by Viterra. The 21st is Innovation and Indigenous Peoples Day, presented by Greenwave Innovations, Innovation Saskatchewan, and Farms.com. And the 22nd, Education and Young Farmers Day, presented by FCC. Collaboration Day will feature Do More Ag launching their new peer-to-peer support platform. Innovation and Indigenous Peoples Day will highlight 14 new innovations from Saskatchewan and all over the world, including Ukraine, as well as an ag talk with young entrepreneur Carson Green, a 14-year-old from Mossbank, who publishes his own Everything Country magazine. Education and Young Farmers Day features former NHLer and mental health advocate Corey Hirsch, as well as Launch Your Career in Ag Event and Career Fair. The Countdown to Canada's Farm Show is brought to you by Zipperlock Building Company, built in hours to last a lifetime. See them in Raymore or call one 692 And brought to you by Farmtronics, your farm electronics specialist since 1977. Serving you for over 40 years. Call 1-800-667-8001 today for a free catalog. You're listening to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with 620 CKRM Agri-News Director Ryan Young. This segment of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by Degelman Industries. Look to Degelman for the most reliable, dependable, engineered tough equipment on the market. And Arcola Building Supplies, small town lumber yard, big on service. ArcolaBuildingSupplies.com Manitoba has decided to enter into the potash industry. Here's Russell Manitoba entrepreneur Damon Gillis as Manitoba's selective solution, less uh, solution mine rather, officially opened. The plan wasn't for us to do it. We just said, you know, there's a big development in Saskatchewan. Mm -hmm. We have potash, so why can't we get something going here? Yeah. So that's how it started. Then in 2014, it evolved into meeting a uh, state-owned enterprise out of uh, China, mm-hmm. Syntec. Uh, Mr. Soon, EVP, nice fellow. Relationships fell apart. Then we said, nah, it's a fair way to do it ourselves. We met Harvey Haugen from Beachy, uh, Saskatchewan. He owns Beachy Potash Products. Mm-hmm. He said, Damon, I've got a simpler way to do this, one that we can afford is local ownership. Gillis is president of the Potash Agri-Development Corporation of Manitoba and says the site is in Harrowby, a tiny community perched on the edge of the Assiniboine Valley, less than an hour southeast of Yorkton. It started in 1867. It dissolved in 1967. This little community at one time had about 200, 300 residents. They had a school, stockyards, hotel, gas station, uh, post office. But in time, it just started to dissolve. People, people moved away. Once the stockyards were gone, that, that base of business sort of went away. So people moved away. But it's still a hamlet, but there's three families that still own land here. The Davies family, uh, Brazo, Morriso, and um, Diltz. Wilson Barb Diltz, sorry. And so we're on our own land, but they have property here. So I would say they're really the landowners, and they allow us to be here. You know, we could be anyway, but we won't do that if not wanted, but they've been first class. He says Manitoba Premier Heather Stephenson was the right premier at the right time for the project. Chasing this in one way or another since 2007, and I just couldn't get any traction at all with the previous two premiers. Mm -hmm. Um, That's not a negative, it's not a shot, Mm -hmm. for whatever reasons. Uh, Premier Stephenson, 
I've known her on and off, you know. Uh, she's been a minister in our government for years. Mm -hmm. uh, I said, Minister, would you please hear us out? And she did. And she said, Damon, I don't see what the issues are. There's no brainer. This is proper ownership. Yeah. It's green, low impact. You're begging for jobs in the area. The government's not creating them. So why would we stop in your way? Yeah. You've checked off all the boxes. Mm -hmm. She became premier in November. 2021 we started drilling in december 8th 2021 that's a kind of commitment so i say right now the mining industry in manitobas our competitive advantage is premier stephenson because she's all business but done thoughtfully and right yeah it's been great just just progress yeah. every week it's been great and how do you Stephenson was on hand Friday for this official launch. Stephenson says the facility in Harrowby is expected to mine 250,000 tons of potash per year. The Potash Negra Development Corporation Manitoba has already spent more than $12 million on the project, of which Gambler First Nation is a 20% equity partner. The facility boasts a unique, low-disturbance process that has a smaller environmental footprint than traditional methods. Here's the market updates with Ryan Young on 620 CKRM. The market update is brought to you by Sask Pork, working on behalf of Saskatchewan hog producers in our community. Grain prices at Viterra were mixed in early trading today. Canola is down $2 at 677.32 a metric ton, and number one red spring wheat is up $1.01 at 363.38, and the rest were unchanged. Durham at 396.61, feed barley 335.61, chickpeas 1036.17, flax 541.98, lentils 743.48, oats 225.32, yellow peas 369.99, and feed wheat 270.97. On the Minneapolis Grain Exchange, hard red spring wheat for July is up 6.5 cents at $8.18 and one quarter cents a bushel. It's the Livestock Reports on the Voice of Saskatchewan, 620 CKRM. The Livestock Quotes are brought to you by the Weyburn Livestock Exchange. Call Weyburn Livestock at 842-4574. And now, the latest Livestock Quotes. Heartland Livestock Market Report. It's Brett Jensen reporting from Swift Current Yards. Last week we had 500 head on offer, and here's how it went. The good cows, they traded from $1.50 to $1.70. The medium type cows, they were $1.10 up to $1.45. Hefferets and feeding cows were $1.95 to $2.20. Getting into the good bulls, they were $1.60 up to $1.88, with the medium bulls bringing $1 to $1.40. Let's take advantage of these high cattle prices and get them booked in. The Heartland Swift Current 77. Three three one seven four selling cattle every Tuesday year round. And now the latest pork prices for the Brandon and Moose Jaw plants today. They're currently at two hundred two dollars and ninety six cents per CKG. A little bit of an increase from Friday. Coming up, the resource report. This is the Saskatchewan Resource Report on six twenty CKRN. Here's Ryan Young. Now the resource report brought to you by Farm Fresh Water. They'll make your well water wonderful and your dugout drinkable. Get your Farm Fresh Water today at farmfreshwater.ca. And Mazank Fuels, your local branded Petro-Canada wholesaler for over 40 years. Fill up the tank, call Mazank, 306-721-6667. Glencore has made an offer to buy the steel-making coal business of Vancouver-based Tech Resources. The Swiss company would pay cash for the assets, but didn't say how much. 
Glencore says it's willing to pursue its offer for all of tech, but that it has made an alternative offer for the coal operations that it would combine with its own thermal coal assets. Tech, which rejected Glencore's earlier offer for the entire company, is reviewing the latest proposal. High food prices are pinching households across Europe, where food inflation is outpacing other major economies like Canada, the U.S., and Japan. Some governments have responded with price controls or loose agreements with supermarkets to keep costs down. In Italy, a consumer group is taking matters into its own hands, calling for a pasta strike to force down prices by bottoming out demand. Sharply higher prices in Europe are driven by higher energy and labor costs and the impact of Russia's war in Ukraine. That is even though costs for food commodities have fallen for months from record highs, including wheat for the flour used to make pasta. On the markets, the TSX is up just four points at 19,896. The Dow is up 109 points to 33,985. Oil is down $2.63 at $67.54 per barrel, and the Canadian dollar is at 74.70 cents US. And that's the Resource Report. If you missed any segment of the show, tune in to the On Demand Saskatchewan Agriculture Today podcast, brought to you by Gowan Canada. Gowan Canada understands the challenges growers face and takes pride in finding effective crop protection solutions. Visit GowanCanada.com to learn more. And that's Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. I'm Ryan Young. Have a nice day. This podcast brought to you by Gowan Canada, makers of edge microactive pre-emergent herbicide.